0: The Chinese Basketball Association, another setback. What does that mean for the NBA?
1: And we take a look at the NBA's game of horse now that we saw the ratings.
0: And how will the NBA come back and keep fans away from the players? An interesting thought here on the Wednesday Locked On NBA podcast. Let's go.
1: You are locked on the NBA, part of the locked on podcast network.
0: Middle of the week, we're going to get you through whatever it is that you're doing. Hopefully, you're still listening on a regular basis, and we thank you very much for making this podcast part of your daily routine, continuing to do so in a very weird time in our lives and this country's history. On Wednesdays, I am one of your co-hosts on the Lockdown NBA podcast, John Corrales. Find me on Twitter at Red's Army underscore John, and I'm the host of the Lockdown Celtics podcast.
1: And I'm Jake Madison, host of the Locked On Pelicans podcast. You can find me on Twitter at nola jake.
0: So we've got a, a few little things to go through here, and as we start to try to figure out how the NBA is going to come back, will the NBA come back? Uh, we're looking to China as a sort of bellwether for you know if they can yeah best case right yeah if they can if they can come back and play basketball where all of this started. Uh, if they can come back and play basketball, then the NBA can definitely come back. Uh, they had been scheduled, actually, on Wednesday, to, uh, April 15th, they had been scheduled to resume play. Uh, but there was already a setback at that point, on, at the end of last month, they, they issued a, a ban on large-scale sports gatherings, uh, still trying to contain coronavirus. And now there's uh, another delay in the, uh, in the resumption of their season, uh, according to ESPN, that's not going to restart until at least July. Uh, but a lot of discussion on this, Jake, but it seems that most of this is due to restrictions on travel and not a flare up of the coronavirus again, which I think is an important distinction why we wanted to start with this today because their restrictions are are holding a lot of key players out and they're not going to restart the season until they get all of their players. But if if it's just that and it's not like, oh, God, second wave of coronavirus, then at least that gives the NBA some hope of like, well, our players are already here. Yeah.
1: You know, as you've said, it's kind of a more logistical thing versus a second wave, which of like all the problems to have, probably the better one. But I think some of these logistical challenges are pretty great and can make things pretty difficult, too. So I look at this, and this doesn't exactly give me hope for the NBA season to resume or even get playoffs. And the more I read about things, the more I kind of look at things, I think that uh, concept of them playing games kind of goes down for me in like a percentage chance of it happening almost by the day. And this doesn't exactly make me more confident that it's going to happen. I hate to come on here and kind of be negative, but that's my read on it. And that's kind of why I wanted to bring it up maybe on the show was that like, it's still not good that they don't have kind of some of these logistics in place and everything figured out when you were supposed to kind of resume the season, you know, today.
0: Yeah. It's, it's certainly discouraging that they they were unable to resume today. Like this would have been, a major kind of step forward. Yeah, big time. You know, um, it does, it does temper kind of some of the optimism. And I admit I'm one of the more optimistic people on resuming some level of basketball. Uh, it, it does temper some of that because they haven't been able to find a way to make it happen. And frankly, the Chinese government is able to enact a lot more stringent restrictions to try to control the spread of this virus. Even though they were first and hit very hard, uh, they don't have the same kind of luxuries that we have here that people are kind of flouting. Frankly, you know, so in the U.S., you have people who are saying like, well, you know what's? I'm feeling fine, I'm going to go to the beach, I'm going to do all that stuff. And all that does... Is extend
1: the- It yep, makes everything worse.
0: Yeah, it makes everything worse. And if totalitarian China, with all of its restrictions that it can just enact without p- giving people the option of going to, you know, the beach, if they haven't been able to get enough of a handle on it to feel good about playing basketball again, then that does kind of make me wonder if we're gonna be able to do it and and honestly like when will we if we're if we're not if we're not close yeah so
1: yeah now i'm kind of sad more so than what i'm always excited to talk to you and now i'm like oh yeah, I'm maybe sorry. not maybe not today i've been talking um, to you i know <laughs> but i don't know that's, that's just kind of my, my read on the story i don't think there's like too much to kind of take well, away that we need to necessarily talk about with it it's just oh man, this is going to be more difficult than people realize. And then again, at the same point, they're probably still not going to want people gathering, even if it is in a place like Vegas where you can kind of create a bubble. So I don't know. You know, We just got kind of a notice here in New Orleans from the mayor that's like, we are not going to have festivals, or like we shouldn't have festivals through the end of the year. And it's like, oh, all of this, when then seeing them just not take that step forward, makes me kind of wonder where we're going.
0: Yeah. Uh, But the optimistic side of me says that the United States has – such advanced technology. And-, no, and that can definitely be a part of
1: it too, I think. And, you know, we have a lot of organizations kind of at the forefront of trying to create almost instant tests, uh, vaccines yep. and things like that. And if we can get all of that, I have no doubt that they will get these into the hands of the league that, then can try and restart because, you know, as Adam Silver said on a call with the president, they want to be part of restarting everything and be at the forefront of it. And people, you know, want and need the entertainment. So I think they will be because of that.
0: So for my regular day job uh, at MassLive.com, I recently wrote a piece uh, kind of like going through a timeline because ESPN reported that the league has a 25-day plan to come back and that they – they, they've they said in the past, and we've talked about it, that they want to kind of be done by mid-September. So I laid out a framework of, well, if you start the most optimistic timeline, if they can start this 25-day plan on June 1st and start NBA basketball back in July in Las Vegas, then they may have an opportunity to get a few regular season games in and some sort of truncated but mostly intact postseason Um the more that I hear about these other problems, the, the, the more I, I think like maybe, like I know that that was, I purposely laid out an overly optimistic plan just so we could see the best case scenario and pair back from there. And I'm just starting to wonder if, if maybe what ends up happening is the NBA doesn't crown a normal champion like they did. They're just, I wonder if they're going to create more of a tournament that they can Come back in August, or come back in in mid July, and then do kind of like a a best of two or best of, I mean not best of, a best of three type of or kind of double elimination type tournament where they just take the sixteen playoff teams and they they just do something that way and crown a winner of that tournament and that's kind of like the end of your season
1: yeah no i mean that makes sense and i think it's it gives you an opportunity to get creative and you know try something this season that you would never normally try and you know what we we call it this and if it's terrible like horse was by the way teasing the (laughs) next segment here for everybody you know at least you can be like well look at the times we're in what were we supposed to do there's almost no downside to something like that so yeah definitely like there's ways you can do it even if it's very very weird and different
0: yeah maybe maybe they they Put on what will become a their mid-season tournament and say, hey, this is what the mid-season tournament was going to look like. We're just going to do it now so you can see it. We'll crown a winner, end of season, moving on, and then we'll see. I don't know. Weird is definitely the way to go. And as you said, uh, the NBA is trying weird things. And coming up, the horse challenge did not do quite that well in viewership. So uh, it, it, the, the number's not good. It was a bit of a fan. That's coming up. We've talked about horse uh, yesterday, the guys yesterday. Um, uh, they talked about horse... And uh, the ratings came out today, uh, I'm sorry, on, we're recording on Tuesday, so the, recording, the, the ratings came out on Tuesday, and 686,000 viewers for Horse. Um, this was not a great number for the NBA.
1: No, it was definitely not a good number and, you know, that doesn't surprise me. It wasn't like it was very good. The presentation was kind of bad. The cameras weren't good. It was kind of annoying having to see the rules of horse again every time when the people tuning into this probably know the rules of horse and maybe you don't need to hammer that point, uh, home nearly as much. And it just didn't seem suited for like an ESPN thing. This seemed more like you could have done this through Twitter or another medium and it would have been better suited for that. And it just didn't really work for like broadcast network TV kind of in my opinion.
0: Yeah, I'm looking at the ratings. So the uh, horse challenge the, in, in men, 18 to 49, did the same rating as Real Housewives of Atlanta uh that's not where you want it to be Ugh. that's um that number needs to be much much higher if, if cuz that's the that's the demographic that's our demographic that's that's generally the sports demographic even though the numbers are growing with women the, the right now just pure numbers that men 18 to 49 is the sports demographic, the dominant sports demographic. And for that to be equal to a reality show is is really not where the NBA wants that number to be. You know, Jake, I I feel like one of the biggest problems is that they it lacked so much creativity
1: that, that was a big part of it, I think. Yes, it was just like the shots were boring. They were like,
0: boring. It was cool. Let's do a corner three, and it's like, really? That's what you're gonna do here? Right. Like I it, see you do corner threes. It's horse. Do, you know, lay down, kick thing,
1: it in. It's it's interesting. I know we're talking kind of the ratings. So one of the things I was curious about was what what did NASCAR kind of pull in where they're doing their iRacing league, where it's virtual racing, sim racing, and. It beat the NBA's numbers. They pulled in um, over 900,000 on that and it got even higher because it was on Twitter too, which again, better medium for this sort of thing. And you you have a time to get creative and just televising horse is not that creative. This would have been a time where you should have had people write in their shots or do their own shots, send the video in, and then the players there, the contestants have to recreate those shots, which could have been really fun because you've gotten some weird wild things, right? I think that's the way to do it. And, you know, so I don't know. It was just so weird. You know, I, I like kind of the low-budget, keep-it-real kind of feel, but this just felt way too low-budget. Um, and I do better production on Twitch just running out of my living room when I want to. So it's <laughs> it's kind of, I don't know. The whole thing was weird. Like the ratings being down doesn't surprise me. This was a big L for the NBA, um, and they've got to try and figure something else out because this was not it.
0: Well, they still have an opportunity to kind of salvage this, uh, because
1: I mean, there's still more coming. So,
0: right. So these, these winners all have to play each other. The biggest problem, just throwing aside some of the logistical challenges, like, yes, I'd love to see an actual television camera there. Okay. But you can't do that. Social distancing and whatnot. I get it. So you're working under some limitations. But these people need to be creative. Trey Young was horrible shooting left-handed free throws. You need to get crazy because this yeah. is already a, a kind of tenuous, like, I might want to watch horse. But it's if you're on social media, and a lot of us do what we normally do, right? We, we all get on Twitter. We follow along. We put it on, and we're either going to do one of two things. We're going to get our jokes off, or we're going to start tweeting highlights and retweeting highlights. And talk- And it was nothing but jokes to the point where we just said, you know what? Eh. By the third you one, by that- the time Paul Pierce came on, I was like, eh, I don't even care. Yeah, that was
1: the thing. Like, you know, at least it's got to be entertaining. So if we're getting jokes off, we want to stay involved in all of this. And it was like, no, nah, I'm good. I made my jokes. I, I don't I don't right. care anymore. Like that was the, the issue with it. Like it was just not fun. Like, I, you know, I was, I was really excited for this to be honest. I was like, they're going to do some really cool things. They're going to get creative. We're going to see how good some of these guys are that you don't normally get to see. And like none of that. No. Nope.
0: Just none of that. Like they they, need, there was a lot of potential in this. They need to have shots that can be tweeted out by the NBA accounts. Or all of the people who tweet these th- types of things out and have have them go viral. You'd be like, "Oh man, did you just see what Trey Young did to give Chauncey Billups an H?" Like some kind of weird spinning, bounce the ball, throw it up off of your roof. I don't know. Do something that.
1: No, that's it. Like, you know, those, those, the YouTube videos or like Twi- Twitter videos or TikTok now, I guess, too. Yeah. Where it's like you take the ping pong ball and you like bounce it through the whole house and then eventually it like lands in the cup and right. it's like one moving shot. Like, that would be fun. Do like, give me like that, that
0: stuff. I mean, but I with know, a basketball. I know. There are limitations because not everybody has the same setup, but you yeah, can still, you can still be like, you know, you can bouncing
1: prep it. some of this.
0: You know, yeah. Bounce the ball off the top of the backboard. Say it's got to bounce off once and swish through. Like, do something creative that gets tweeted. Because if it gets if it gets tweeted out and it goes viral, then people are going to want to tune in to see what all the the fuss is about, and that's gonna you're going to see the ratings start to grow. That's why close games, the ratings grow as the 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 game goes on because people who are not watching start to hear, like, oh, wow, it's that close? It's close in the fourth quarter? You hear league pass alert, um, you know, whatever, yep. and people start to tune in. So the, if, if you're not getting that element, you're not going to get the ratings. So there's still time to salvage it, but I don't know. I don't know if I I get hope that they position. do.
1: Like, I was excited for this, and yeah. it was
0: so disappointing. Uh, also, speaking of Twitter, quickly want to mention – Something is gonna be an interesting question here for the Portland Trailblazers. On Tuesday, Damian Lillard had a takeover of the Trailblazers Twitter account. So you didn't have to follow Dame on Twitter. He just from the official Trailblazers Twitter account, he was asked if you could add one former teammate to the current roster, who would you add? And from him, it says under the Portland Trailblazers at Trailblazers. I'd add Lamarcus, which is Lamarcus Aldridge, who is still under contract for the San Antonio Spurs. And now the question arises, is this tampering? So is it, have they not deleted it yet? Uh, you know, I just see a screenshot. So. Okay.
1: Um, it is I was deleted. like, that's interesting. It has been deleted. Okay. That's good. Um, which also probably admits some guilt. Maybe you've just got to stick strong with this and, like, leave it up there and be like, we did nothing wrong, whatever, it's up there, which is probably, like, lean into it is probably the move now that I'm saying it out loud. But, oh, this is a bit of a gray area. Yeah. We needed some tampering controversy because we're not right? we're probably not going to get it for a while. So I was missing this when it hit, like, July, so or, or like, end of June, start of July. Like, this is kind of exciting, and we're getting the weird little offs. Off season stuff in here. Thank you, Portland Trailblazers, for bringing <laughs> everybody what they were hoping for.
0: Yes, it's not an off
1: season. It's also totally get... tampering, and shows why tampering isn't really a big deal. <laughs> well, <laughs> um,
0: it, it is in a way. It's I don't even know what tampering is anymore. Like, so Damian Lillard wants uh Lamarcus Aldridge back. Like, he can tell he can tell him that privately. Like. If he really wants LaMarcus Lamarcus Aldridge that bad, there's a way for him to do it. Like, text him, DM him, you know, whatever. So, yeah. I don't know. I have no, I have no much further take on this other than it's, I, I don't even, I don't even know. It, it, this is gonna be one of those stupid things that is so like out there. The Lee's gonna be like, ah, we gotta, we gotta find you 50 grand. Meanwhile, the back channels are still flying with, Actual tampering.
1: Yeah, exactly. It, they'll make a bit of a show of this because they have to, and then the world moves on and doesn't stop spinning, and, you know, he can't get out of the contract. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, we'll see how that pans out, but in the meantime, we go back to re-envisioning how the NBA may come back. An interesting suggestion coming up about plexiglass is the NBA going to turn into some kind of hockey looking sport when it returns. In The Undefeated, Adam Aziz uh, posed the question... To uh, a couple of folks in the NBA, he uh, there's this question of how the NBA comes back to its arenas. And one idea that was posed here was some sort of plexiglass to separate players and fans. If fans are coming to the arenas and they happen to be infected with something like the coronavirus – and players are diving into the stands all the time, um, what maybe putting up a plexiglass would be a thing that they would do. Which, now being in Boston, the arena, the, the TD Garden, is is shared by the Boston Bruins and the Boston Celtics. So it makes me immediately think, like, well, you just keep the boards up, you keep the plexiglass up, you put the basketball hoop in, the basketball uh court down the middle and the players and coaches and benches and media and all that stuff are in that bubble. And the fans are on the outside of that bubble. Uh, interesting. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a concept and I can't say
1: it's the wrong one. And until I guess there's a vaccine this unit, you know, the risk of having people kind of close together. And that means fans to players. And so having some sort of barrier, plexiglass seems to make, a lot of sets, I kind of like this weird version of basketball hockey here. Um, that definitely kind of even changes the game too, because you wouldn't really have room for guys to necessarily go diving to save loose balls and, you know, certain things like that. So it's an interesting kind of concept, but one that, yeah, makes sense. And uh, this, this brings up a bigger point of, you know, until there's a vaccine, let's say we, we are able to have fans in arenas and who knows if we will be. Can you even have people courtside? And if you can't, how does that affect revenue and the salary cap, BRI and all of that stuff? Again, more questions every time we talk about this stuff, but this is, this is interesting.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Like, well, I I guess the first thing is if you're going to jam fans into an arena, the plexiglass doesn't matter. Like, probably not. No, you know, if, if, okay. So the, it, let's just say it's a 20,000 seat arena and you take a thousand seats away by eliminating, uh, whatever number, or whatever the number is, 500, 300. Yeah, whatever. Whatever it is, the remaining 19,000 people plus are still in close proximity to one another. Um, uh, which raises the question of, yeah. <laughs> well, if, are, are you gonna, how many people are you going to allow into an arena? At right. what point do we say, do we have a scenario where sports returns, but we say it's probably safe if you maintain social distancing, everybody comes in and has to wear a mask. Just like when I go to the grocery store, I have to wear a mask. Uh, I come within three feet of somebody rather than six. And we just designate Six-foot barriers. These are the seats. We put, like, T-shirts on the seats where people can sit down. That's your seat for the day. That's the only place you can sit. And when you go to a concession stand, you got to social distance. you got to have a mask on. Can you do that? Is that acceptable? Let's pretend it is. Is that a good solution? Um, do you do that and put the plexiglass up? I mean, that, that's a lot of effort to to get these games back.
1: Yeah, exactly, and uh, again, this is a can of worms that, like, once you really start trying to figure out the logistics of it, it's like, oh, boy, this is kind of tough. Say it's just for appearance's sake or just to protect the players, you know, just to kind of remove some variables from this. Like, yeah, this tends to make sense, at least, kind of on the surface, right?
0: Oh, yeah, like, there's – spacing people out and not having people crammed in on top of one another, is it does make sense, But at some point, we're going to go back to that. At some some point, we're going back to regular NBA basketball. Right. So
1: I don't know. It'll be interesting. But, yeah, there's again, it just shows kind of the ripple effects for, like, the next season and potentially seasons after that of what does, you know, what what is it going to look like and how will the in-arena experience be changed for fans because the NBA said they're looking at that. And it's like, oh, wow, you know, the feel of a game being – a game, if there is glass around, is definitely going to be significantly different.
0: Yeah, I mean, it just it does change a lot. It really does make you wonder how long things are going to be different. How how far is the league willing and able to go to make something like this happen? Like I said, in Boston, they could theoretically just leave the rink boards up and yeah. figure that. that provides plenty of distance between the players and the fans. And it's, I mean, then it just becomes hockey. If fans sit behind those boards to watch a hockey game. So it's still not terribly different. Uh, they could manage. But, again, it's its hard to, like, w- what happens with you in New Orleans? You don't have a hockey team in that building. What do they nope, build? It-
1: Exactly. So, like, what do you do? You know, every arena is different. So how will that impact it? And then what is, you know, what's kind of the fallout from that? The whole, it's, again, you know, every I know we all want answers, and it's just we don't have any right now, and we're probably not getting them for a while. And it sounds like the NBA doesn't really have a clue till the end of this month. So it's going to be interesting, but, like, this is kind of one of those times where it seems like everything is potentially going to be out there on the table, including this and, like, all of this stuff.
0: Yeah. I, I don't know. It's, it's such a wild time. I, I, I'm trying to imagine what it might look like um, and for how long. It, it it's, seems awful.
1: It's, <laughs> like, you know, I will say this. Having, like, plexiglass and boards up, like, doesn't seem like the same experience for an NBA game. And I can tell you, like, that definitely, like, thinking about it, conceptualizing it is weird to me. Yeah. And I've been to hockey games. Right. Right. I mean, like... And they're fine and it works, but, like, I just do not see that being the exact same for the NBA.
0: It's, no, it's, it's a different sport. It's a different, it would be, it would make things different and weird. Um, we'd get used to it, I think fairly quickly. Yeah. But, you know, you just try to picture in this podcast, we've talked about playing a modified tournament inside, uh, UNLV. Uh, we've talked about, Basically turn, mixing hockey and basketball to, to find a way to separate fans from players. Uh, and you wonder with all of these delays not starting for so long, like how many, how many seasons, not just this season, how many seasons get impacted? How much money does the league lose in the meantime by, you know, reducing capacity? Uh, how does that impact teams? How does that impact smaller market teams that are already struggling? Is is at, at some point like yeah. we can say we're we're managing. We can say we're managing right now, and there's a plan and maybe an emergency fund. But what happens to teams in smaller markets that have already been struggling or have already been teetering on the edge of making slash losing money? And if this continues on for a, an even longer time, do we start to see maybe a reshaping of the NBA? Does somebody in a small market say? We need to go someplace bigger because we, we can't, we've lost so much here. We're just never going to get it back and it doesn't make sense anymore. Um, which is something that only just popped into my head. Uh, the, the long-term impact of this could be who, who knows how bad it can be.
1: Who, who knows? Yeah. No, that's the thing. Like that's what's kind of weird about this. And you said it. Here are the weird things we've talked about in the show today <laughs> that are all realistic. And we all are like, yes do that. That makes sense. That's kind of like the point we're at with all of it, which isn't necessarily a bad spot to be at, but it just kind of says like, oh yeah, this these are like just different times.
0: Yep. All right. We're going to leave it there because I don't know how much further we can go with it without getting (laughs) severely depressed. So please, uh, we're just going to stop it there. Uh, I want to thank everybody for listening. You should be listening to the Locked On NBA podcast every day of the week. I want to thank everybody for listening on Wednesdays. I'm your co-host, John Corrales of MassLive.com. I co-host, or I am the host of the Locked On Celtics podcast, and you can find me on Twitter at Reds Army underscore John.
1: And I'm Jake Madison, host of the Locked On Pelicans podcast, and you can find me on Twitter at Nola Jake.
0: Now I'll tell your smart device to go play Chad Ford's Big Board.